Exodus chapter 3, verses 11 through 15. And I want to just uh, ask you if you've ever, if God's ever asked you to do something, or maybe He proposed something that you thought was impossible. Maybe there was a trial that you walked through that just seemed like it was beyond your capacity to endure. You know, no doubt all of us at times have experienced uh, trials or different circumstances that called upon all the resources of our faith to be able to obey the Lord. And instead of uh, just just going off the deep end, God calls us to trust Him. And it's during these times of, of great upheaval in our life that our faith is called upon, and we need to be reminded that God is sufficient. He's always sufficient. And I just thank the Lord for the reminder of that in Psalms 42 this morning. But I just want to just point once again to uh, here, Exodus chapter 3, as we look at this text, because here we we see uh, that God proves himself sufficient to Moses. And, and it is a time that he needs to hear from God. And it's a time where he really desperately needs to know that God is still right there with him through every step of the process that he's going through. And maybe right now that's where you're at as well. And I just say that God is sufficient. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. I never get tired of that verse. I love Ephesians 3.20. I'm just just excited every time I get to think about the fact that God is able to do, period. And you could put a period, exclamation mark, and that would be sufficient. But he says, to do exceedingly, abundantly, above anything I can ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that remarkable to consider that our God is that sufficient? Now, when we say the word sufficient, often we're saying that it's just barely enough. But that's not what we mean by the term here tonight. What we mean is that when we say the sufficiency of God, we see, we recognize that he has all power and is able to do above all that we could even imagine. False religions will claim that Jesus alone is not sufficient to meet our, na- our needs. But when you hear a person uh, say that, I tell you, I'm just grieved in my spirit because it, we realize that God, if, if it was Jesus and me or Jesus and something else, then he wouldn't be sufficient. And tonight I want you to see that the Bible claims that Christ is sufficient. He's sufficient for all your your needs in life, especially salvation. And so as we look here, looking at Exodus chapter 3, we're going to see that Moses was reminded of God's sufficiency in his life. And we, we see that in Moses' life, God speaks to him from a burning bush. And it's here that he uh, that God proclaims to be the self proclaimed Savior of Israel. He's the one that, that um, is able to do what he says he would do. He said, tells Moses to go and to go into, uh, back to Egypt and to bring the children out of Egypt and into the promised land. And it's through God's ability, through God's sufficiency that he could do it. But now before this, though, Moses wasn't able. When Moses tried to do it in his own power, when Moses tried to do it in his own ability, what happened was Moses realized that he was not sufficient. He was incapable. He couldn't do it. And so today, as we look at this, I want you to see that God is sufficient in your life. He's sufficient in the past. He's sufficient in the present. and He'll be sufficient in the future. And so look with me in Exodus chapter 3, verses 11 through 15 in your Bible. It says, And Moses said unto God, Who am I, that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Certainly I will be with thee. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, 
ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, they shall say, and, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. They shall say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said, Moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is the memorial unto all generations. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, thank you that you are the all-sufficient one. And tonight, as we gather tonight in this parking lot service, we realize that, that God, the message of your sufficiency is able even in this crisis and in this situation. And I pray that, Lord, each of us, Lord, not only here, but maybe online, and Lord, those around us, the Lord would know that Christ is sufficient to meet our needs. And so, God, we just ask you that you would help us to be able to gather strength and faith and courage as we follow you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to see a couple of things with me tonight. And I just really, just a reminder, I want you to see that God was sufficient in the past. And with knowing that God has always been sufficient in eternity past, it gives us confidence in the present and in the future as well because we realize that, that God has a plan and a purpose for our life. And as we see that, that he was faithful uh, in the past, we can be confident that he'll be faithful in the future. And as he works out his plan, sometimes we don't always understand how that plan is going to work, but we can't always trust him. We can't always know that he is able. And so he received, first off, that God wasn't alone. In Genesis 1.26, uh, we see that God had a desire to create. In Genesis chapter 1, we see where God stepped back, and, and at the beginning, he says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And we see that, that God created everything that we see, from each of us that are in our cars to those uh, plants and things around us. You know, God has created all of us. And listen, it was not because he needed the company. It was not because he needed anything from us. He is sufficient in himself. And what Genesis 1.26 says, And God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And we see that he says, Listen, uh, he, he has been self-sufficient from eternity past. He didn't need anybody else. He, he himself and I was enough. Amen. And John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Talking about Jesus Christ here. And we see that Christ has always been, always will be. And Genesis 1, 3 reminds us that the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And we see that all three aspects of the Trinity were there at the very beginning. And so God didn't need us to fill any need in His heart. But see, God created us because He loves us. You see, we are an expression of God's love. And we are made in his image, and he breathed his very life into us. One man said this, though he doesn't need us, he loves us. And his purpose in creating and redeeming us after the fall is not that we might fill up some lack in him, but that he might fill us up with himself. He made us empty to be filled with his fullness, thirsty to drink the water of life, weak to receive his strength, foolish to be instructed and corrected by his wisdom. In his love, he longs to give to share the bounty. He wants us to experience infinite, uh, infinite measure of the fullness of joy and blessings that he knows infinitely, all to rebound 
to the praise and glory of his name, the giver and provider of all the good we enjoy. You see, we see that God has always been sufficient. He started all things that we see. The Hebrew name Elohim in Genesis 1-1 means mighty God, the self-existing one. The reason God has authority is because without him we are nothing. Did you ever? Did your parents ever tell you, I brought you into this world and I'll take you out? I heard that many times, probably because I was a rotten kid, but I'll tell you this, that The reality is that God says, listen, he is in control. Psalms 33, verses 6 through 9, it says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as in heap. He layeth up the depth in storehouses. Let all the earth fear fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spake, and it was done. He commanded And it was stood fast. You see, God is the giver of life today. Genesis 2, 1, we recognize. And God said, and God, Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. See, the glorious news today is that that God is sufficient. In your life today, I will remind you that he has always been sufficient. If he could create all of these things, if he could offer salvation today in his sufficiency, then listen, we don't have to worry about tomorrow because he's already there. You see, God is almighty. He's the almighty one. When God called Abraham to come up out of the earth of the Chaldees, and later he renewed the, uh, the Abrahamic covenant with God, God reminded him on the cusp of the most difficult time of his life, that he is the Almighty One. Genesis 17, 1, God said this, And when Abraham was 90 years old and 9, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me, and thou shalt be perfect. This term, Almighty God, is, is El Shaddai. El translated God, and Shaddai mean the Almighty One. And this points to his omnipresence, his om, uh, omnipotence, and his omniscience. He is Almighty in every aspect you know at hillside and for the last couple of months and you know and it doesn't matter if it's COVID-19 or not COVID-19 the reality is life is full of trials and James said this my brethren count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations knowing this that the trying of your faith worketh uh, uh, patience but let patience have her perfect uh, in work I think I messed that up a little bit you have to forgive me there But he says, listen, when you go through trials, just trust the Lord. It's for your good. It's for his glory. So let's count it all joy. You see, God is at work. And he was at work in the past. And we can trust him today. And we can trust him in the future. Let's see that he is sufficient for today. Because as we go through this, as you go through trials, we recognize that if he was sufficient then, he could be sufficient for today. If you look at the term I am, and if you look at Moses uh, example in Exodus chapter 3, there's a couple of things that I just love that as God talks to Moses, I, I just see that, that God uh, just brings such comfort to him. In verse number 13, uh, excuse me, 12, he said, uh, certainly I will be with thee. Man, what a comforting thing to know that God promises his presence with us as we walk with him. And then verse 14, God said unto Moses, I am that I am. The term I am from the text, we find that God doesn't necessarily finish this sentence, does he? He told Moses, tell them, I am hath sent me to you. If 
you're an English student, and I don't propose to be, but if I gave you the sentence, I am, you'd say, I am what? Jesus finishes this statement in the New Testament. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the true vine. I am the alpha and the omega. I am the bright and morning star. You see, that's who Jesus is today. He is the I am, and all of us are lacking something, and God says, I am. I'm the, I'm the sufficient one for your life. I'm the one that you need right now in your life. And let me just encourage you to turn to him in this time of need because Jesus is first and foremost sufficient for salvation. And we need him now more than ever. John 8, 58 says, Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. You see, before things, before anything, Christ was saying, I've always been. I've always been sufficient. And right now, uh, Jesus was telling the Jews, and Jesus is telling you today that he is equal to God the Father. John 10, 30, in case you didn't get, didn't get that from John 8, 58, he said, I and my Father are one. Isn't that awesome? We, we serve a sufficient Savior today. He is divine. There's no other person who could have been sufficient to match the qualifications of the Messiah. Jesus fulfilled more than 300 prophecies from the Old Testament, from his birth to his life to his resurrection. And mathematically speaking, the odds of one person fulfilling all of these prophecies are staggering. If one person could fulfill eight prophecies, it would be an astounding figure. But one person fulfilling 300 would be one chance in, in the 150 and 10 times the 157th power. I, I can't even fathom that. I'm not a mathematician either. I'm just a preacher. But we think about this. 1 Peter 1, 19 and 20 says, But with the precious blood of Jesus, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. You see, Jesus is sufficient. The deist today says, God, whoever he is, created everything and walked away and left us on our own. But this rejects the word of God. It rejects the plenary inspiration of God's word and rejects Jesus as the Messiah. And a person cannot be a deist and still hope to gain uh, heaven. For without Christ, there is no hope of heaven. We see also that he is sufficient for leadership in your life. We need him, don't we? We need Christ today. We need him to lead our lives. Every decision that I make, I want to bathe it in prayer as I as I just try to make decisions for my family or for my life or the direction uh, for our church, I just want to make sure that we bathe it in prayer because I, I recognize that if he's sufficient for salvation, he's going to be sufficient for, uh, my leader, for leadership in my life and regarding direction and regarding decisions. And Jesus, who is God, said this, Matthew 28, verse 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. The word for power here is the word excusia, and it literally means the power of authority and of rights. Christ alone has the authority to determine what decisions we make. He, he has the authority to determine the direction we follow, and he should always be sought when we make major decisions. In this passage, he's dealing with exclusively with taking the gospel, but I would dare say that we don't need a call to go. We would need a call to stay. He says, take the gospel, carry the gospel. You shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. 
God has called us to continue to carry that. Listen, even now, right now, God is saying, Hillside Baptist, will you continue to carry the gospel into the world? Moses asked this question to God. Who am I? God, who am I that you would send me? And many of us feel unworthy of that calling. And many of us feel that, 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 that as God calls and God leads, maybe I, I just don't feel like, like I'm able to do that. And truly, truly, there's been times I've felt the same way. But I remind you what God says. I am hath sent me unto you. This denotes the power, the authority behind, uh, behind God's leadership in Moses' life. And today, just, just as he is real here, let me be real with you. That God says, when you're following his will, he is with you. God may be leading or calling. God may be saying, listen, I want you to, to surrender to me to go to missions. I, I, I want you to surrender to go to a foreign field. I want you to surrender to, to be a pastor. I want you to surrender your life to follow me more fervently now than you ever have before. And I just remind you that with being sensitive to the Lord and his leadership right now is paramount for you in making that decision. We cannot possibly follow God unless we submit to him complete and total leadership in our life. I want to just encourage you, finally, one last thing. If we can trust him in the past, we can trust him today. We can trust him with our future. There's no doubt in my mind that, listen, as a believer, my future is in him. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 15 says, And God said, Moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. God was reminding Moses that his future was in Christ as his Lord was not, uh, not in anything else. Today may I remind you, that our future is in Christ alone. Revelation chapter 1, verses 17 and 18 says, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And have the keys of hell and of death. You see, there's nothing that can remove you from the incredible power and might of God. Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39 says, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You remember that old hymn, I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine, for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry or the future, for I know what Jesus said. And today, I'll walk beside him, for he knows what is ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Listen, with him walking beside us, we don't have to fear. With him as a sufficient Savior, walking every step of the way. We don't have to wonder what's going to happen next. We don't have to doubt, Lord, is this, is this what's next for me? Because as we walk with him, we just trust him. Listen, I'll appreciate what Dr. Chuck Swindoll said. Worry pulls tomorrow's cloud over today's sunshine. I could use a cloud right now. <laughs> but we think about all the anxiety and all the worry and all the things, and regardless of what tomorrow might hold, the truth is that God is already there. 
You may feel anxious. But I encourage you tonight that God who was sufficient in the past, the God who is still sufficient today, will be the God who's sufficient tomorrow. One of the most destructive weeds that crop farmers must deal with is called the Canadian thistle. It has an extensive root system that makes it extremely difficult to eradicate in fields, and especially once it's established, the root structure can reach a depth of 15 feet, and and it can uh, be 15 feet deep, 15 feet across. And these roots just continue to spread, and these roots crowd out the plants and and, it, and just 20 thistles in one square mile of this field can redu- reduce a barley harvest uh, by a third or an alfalfa yield by over one half. The Canadian thistle is so very damaging uh, to the crop feed to all, and livestock will not even graze near it. You see, just as the Bible talks about the parable of the sower and the seed, there's a parable here for us as well. Because the word of God that is planted in our in, in the just as the word of God that was planted in the hearts is choked out by the thorns, He gives us specific thorns in our life that we must guard against, and that's the cares of this world, the anxiety that you feel, the worry, the things that uh, maybe your particular thorn and these fears can fill our hearts and our minds. And when we live in an, and, and though we live in an uncertain world, we have a certain Savior. And though we may be surrounded by uncertainty and doubt, I'll tell you that today we can have great faith in the one and follow him fearlessly. You see, he is sufficient. He's our all-sufficient Savior. And tonight I just want to remind you that if you don't know Christ as your Savior, if you've never experienced what it's like to be able to know him, to walk with him, if you don't know what it's like to have the assurance of heaven as a result of him, Tonight you can. And tonight God offers for you this wonderful blessed hope. And God offers for you tonight this opportunity to to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your home is in heaven. You know, I can't see into the cars, let alone into your heart tonight. This is what I know that God already knows. He knows your heart, whether you're on live stream with us or whether you're in your car or whether whether. You're watching later. Let me just say that God knows your heart. And if you're not saved tonight, God says, listen, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of repentance. He wants you to know that your home is in heaven. Christian, maybe you've just needed to be reminded that God is able. He is able. He is able. I know he is able to deliver thee. And I just encourage you. I urge you this evening. Would you come back to the Lord and say, God, you're my hope. I learned that this morning in Psalms 42. And Lord, I'm reminded tonight that you're sufficient. No matter the trial that may lay before me, no matter the burden that you carry tonight, that you are sufficient. He's sufficient for salvation, and he's sufficient for your future if you'll trust in him alone.